Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Philippines win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Cardinals lost 4 to nothing yesterday. The Indiana loss hurt a lot worse, Brian. Indiana loss hurt me a lot worse. You know why? Because baseball, they get to play today. Yeah. I got to sit on that one <laughs> all week and maybe all season, unless my Hoosiers can pick themselves back up and beat number eight Cincinnati in week three, beat Ohio State, beat Penn State. They're loaded with a very tough schedule. Mm-hmm. So let me get that out of the way for all the Iowa fans. Congrats. Deserved. Uh, you know, game was over about two minutes in. Pick off uh, for a touchdown to make it 14 nothing, And the, it seemed like in a game like that, everything was going against us. Our own players, our own performances, <laughs> the officials, everything. But Iowa outplayed Indiana, like, you know, put that game away early and then just sort of coasted to the end. That is so tough. You come off such a great season oh, and you have the all the offseason. Like, we're going gonna to take the next step, the next step. Like, and what then, just happened? Uh, I mean, you know, so anyway, 34-6, to six, mm-hmm. Iowa over Indiana was a tough one to take. Um, there's a lot of work to be done in Bloomington. That was just strange yeah, to see always- how how poorly the quarterback played Mike Penix. So the whole thing was a mess. Anyway, it's basketball. You got basketball. So it made the, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> like after they returned the kick or returned the interception for a touchdown, my buddy started texting me. Yeah, our basketball team looks pretty good this year. <laughs> Woo. Anyway, uh, Mizzou won. That's good. Uh, was it a convincing win? Well, it's a win 34, 24. They didn't look great for a while, but they just have too much talent to lose a game like that. Tyler Beatty, 25 carries for 203 yards was tremendous. Defense looked better as the game went on. Illinois, you knew that was going to be tough. I mean, you come off a win over Nebraska. UTSA is not a bad program. Illinois was a slight favorite at home. That should have warned you right there. Mm -hmm. They lose 37, 30. College football was fun. High school football, your guys lost a tough one there. Uh, East St. Louis over DeSmet, 32-17. DeSmet dropped 45 on Edwardsville last week, then ran up against a really, really good defense. So. Yeah, and I just saw where CBC tweeted out that the uh, the game next week between CBC and DeSmet is sold out already. Yeah, I had yeah. people asking me for tickets for CBC East St. Louis a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know even where to start there. Yeah. 
Who yeah. do I call? John Bomberito? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, what do I do there? I mean, I can help with Cardinals and, and Blues and things like that from mm-hmm. time to time. But my goodness. Um, wow. So, no, congrats to our high school football programs. I mean, this is a... A really growing, and I'm not trying to recruit Luther Burton here. I'm just saying this is a <laughs> a really good region for college football, and yeah. I'm excited for what's to come. I think we've got some great talent coming out of this area, no matter where they go, and they represent us well. So, you know, it, it started way back when. Um, you know, we've had some great players through the years. Heck, Mike Shannon could Mike have been Shannon, a just stud of, of a Shannon. player, yeah. you know, and he yeah. decided to go baseball. And I asked him on KMOX a few weeks ago, we talked about that. And I said, why did you ultimately choose baseball? You were so good at football, basketball. And he goes, mm-hmm. money. <laughs> really? Money. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. he laughed that Mike Shannon laugh is uh, that's exactly right. He could have played any of those sports. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be an outstanding world champion uh, a couple times over in baseball and then as a broadcaster. Uh, we have Cardinals manager Mike Schilt on the way in about five minutes. Tough loss for him, 4 nothing. Adrian Hauser goes the distance after they score 15 the day before. The interesting there is the thing there is that Hauser doesn't typically go deep into games, but the Cardinals just didn't have an answer for anything. They looked, uh, you know, confused and, and just uh, on, uh, an inability to hit him. So we'll talk to Mike Schild about that and what's to come, which is Corbin Burns, another tough one today at 110 right here. And then you have at 1130, we will have John Moselock, Cardinals president of baseball operations, Cardinals two and a half out in the wild card chase. And then we're going to get into the Ascension Charity Classic as well. That'll be out of the gate at 1105. That is the PGA Tour Champions event, which gets going tomorrow, but the actual competition is Friday, Saturday, Sunday next weekend, but tomorrow is when all the activity begins over there. They're going to have a pro-am on Wednesday. It is big. The only thing we know for sure uh, is the first piece of news is that Phil Mickelson is not going to play in it. He made that official, but it is a really good lineup of players. I mean, everybody you could think of, some of the legends of the game will be out at Norwood Hills Country Club, and also the money goes to North County Charities, which is very, very important. Yeah, and Tom Watson uh, celebrates a birthday. Is it today? Or yesterday. It yesterday. Yesterday, yep. yes. Played his uh, highlight from the uh, U.S. Open back in 1982, that great shot at Pebble Beach. So a happy birthday to him, and what a great guy he is. And looking forward to heading out. I haven't been to Norwood Hills in a long time. I grew up there. And uh, really looking forward to get out back to the country club and, and checking it out. Yeah, looking forward to seeing you there. I just put this picture out of uh, Tom and Tom there. Eight major championships between us. There you go. Uh, Tom Watson. <laughs> I put that out on Instagram this morning of Tom Watson. What a chance to meet him and Jack Nicholas. My gosh, I'm just pinching myself every day yeah, with this job. Great people. So I'm looking forward to all of that this week. And we're going to hear from Jay Williamson, Jay Delsing, Two of three Jays from the area playing in that tournament. Jay Haas is also participating, but on the Garage Happy Hour, Nick Ragone of the Ascension Charity Classic, Jay Williamson, Jay Delsing. Fun golf conversation coming up here on KMOX in the 11 o'clock hour. In the meantime, uh, we'll talk a lot of baseball, and we'll get into a little college football as well. In talking about golf and fun conversation, I watched your video, the golf uh, happy hour with yeah. Pat Maroon. If you folks, if you listeners haven't watched it yet, <laughs> it is a blast. It's just like you're you're hanging out with. 
Tom and Pat and playing a round of golf, and it's a lot of fun. No, I appreciate that. We did put that out last week, and that will start to be discovered by more and more people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we you push it out there, and then you just let people start to discover it, yeah. and then we'll circle back around and promote it again and again because I think it could it could have some staying power. He is so much fun. We had seven hours of footage that we whittled down to about twenty minutes with the three-time Stanley Cup champion, really good player. He's a nine handicap is what wow. I'm told. He did not tell me that. I was told by someone else. And he played great. Now, there are some funny parts, though, where he doesn't play so great, and neither do we. Might have had to do with the uh, the big uh, Rosalita's margarita. We did, although there. you can make an yeah, argument. Some you know. people would argue that a little Rosalita's margarita makes you a little better. <laughs> I mean, you might, you know. It's Usually a, the people who have just drank the bottle say, little, yeah, that made me better. A little swing oil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, we had some fun out there. So that's on the KMOX uh, front page, I do believe, KMOX.com. You can find the Golf Happy Hour with Pat Maroon. Thanks for bringing that up. Oh, you bet. A uh, minute away from Mike Schilt, Brian Kelly, we appreciate it. Producer James O'Sullivan, I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. Time to get the inside scoop on the Cardinals 2021 season with Redbirds manager Mike Schilt. Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. Well, one of my favorite people just happens to be in the game of baseball and just happens to be the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. I always enjoy these times talking with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. Mike, good morning. How are you? Well, Tom, what a great intro, and I echo that myself. Always enjoy our time together, and I'm doing well. Yourself? I am doing great. It's a beautiful day here in St. Louis. Uh, The weather in Milwaukee doesn't matter because they have a roof, Uh, but uh, how are things up there overall? Uh, overall, pretty well. Getting ready for the ball game today. Uh, looking to take the series, and uh, the weather's nice. The roof's open. I don't know if they'll keep it up for the game. I think they may. Um, it's a pretty day, so ready for getting ready for some good baseball. Does that make much of a difference for you, uh, strategy-wise, if it's open or closed, Mike? Doesn't make a difference to me necessarily. I don't know that um, there's a real um, benefit either way. We got to play the game. I don't know how it plays. It may carry a hair more with it open. I'm not mm-hmm. really sure, but I don't know if there's anything strategically that, that weighs into that one. Yeah, make I, sure we got our sunglasses. That's right. That's right. Uh, you've got John Lester going. Boy, Lester was good his last outing, wasn't he? As the Cardinals uh, found a little something in their veteran lefty. It just sometimes takes time to make the adjustment, I guess, but he, you know that he has the experience in these moments. Yeah, for sure. Big game pitcher, a lot of, lot of experience, savvy guy. Um, yeah, pitched really well, you know, threw the ball well, got into the seventh, um, gotten out in, in the seventh and did a nice job for us. And we're excited to have him back out there today and pitch well again. You, uh, just took it to the Brewers in game one. That was a lot of fun. I'm sure winning that one on Friday, 15 to four, uh, got after it against the Brewers on a, a day where you came out and made a statement. And then yesterday, the opposite, a 4 nothing loss to Milwaukee. It's That's baseball for you, isn't it? A tale of two games uh, the, so far in this series. Yeah, it really has been. It's a, um, you know, it proves you got to show up every day and um, you never know what you, what's going to happen. You know, really a, a well-played game all the way around, well-pitched, well-played. Obviously, spectacular day for Wayno and, and Yachty commemorating 300 starts together, which is, which is quite amazing and impressive, but not surprising. Nothing surprised me with those two. And you had six homers and you know, a lot of great defense and, you know, real feel-good game. And yesterday, uh, defense was outstanding. Um, Eddie made a heck of a play to, to in the first inning and limit some damage and um, a couple of nice throws from the outfielders. Um, 
to get a runner second base, but you know, their guy was good, man. You know, we uh, can't win unless you score. We didn't weren't able to scratch anything across yesterday. Yeah, he's good. I mean, he's had uh, some outings where uh, he hasn't gone well. I mean, it, no one on the Brewers has gone as deep as that, as that for a long time. Uh, that was a heck of a performance. He goes the distance. We're talking about Adrian Hauser, who allowed just three hits, and that's it. No walks, struck out seven, goes nine innings. Uh, those things definitely can happen, especially when a pitcher's on a roll. And on the other side, um, I will talk about your starter first, but I do want to start with a positive. Jake Woodford. Wow. I mean, Jake Woodford comes out and tosses five and a third scoreless on his own. He allows just two hits, no walk, strikes out five, Mike. Yeah, he was fantastic. Um, you know, unfortunately had to go to him in the second. Um, but he was able to do a couple things. One, give us a chance to compete in the game yesterday, and then he set us up to where we didn't have to run through a lot of bullpen to set us up for, you know, uh, trouble with our bullpen. We keep, kept him pretty fresh. So he did a tremendous job. You know, retired all 16. Um, he faced, you know, Dylan throughout the runner at second, and uh, he picked off Escobar first. So faced the minimum, very efficient, and uh, did a nice job. Unfortunately, we couldn't reward him with any, any uh, run support. Yeah, the run support wasn't there, and KK got knocked around a little early. Uh, he goes an inning in two-thirds, seven hits allowed by KK, four runs earned, a walk, and a strikeout. Uh, just overall, uh, what was your evaluation of your lefty in that game? Just too much middle. I mean, he was in the middle of the plate a lot. And, uh, you know, I don't care who you're playing, they're going to do some damage to it. Um, you know, I thought the stuff was okay, but – you know, I just missed a lot of location, and, and they made him pay for it uh, consistently. And Alex Reyes finished the game and pitched a scoreless inning. That has to feel good for you and for him to watch him work his way back after a change in your bullpen, Mike. Yeah, you know, nice, clean um, one, two, three inning the other day in Cincinnati. And, um, you know, Alex is a guy used to closing games now in a little different role. Um, but I didn't want him to sit around and not pitch. He needs to pitch a little bit. And, um, hadn't pitched a whole lot and you know down four in the eighth is, is not the ideal spot for him but we need an inning and, and you know we're trying to make sure that Alex is getting highly competitive innings but also getting touches so um, yeah he went out there good under control with what he was doing all the pitches working and um, was able to knock down the top of their order one two three he did, and the Cardinals uh, could not score runs, as we mentioned, and lost the game 4 to nothing. Uh, they'll get back at it today in Milwaukee and try to win a series. That's the goal, isn't it? I mean, you want to win every game, but you want to win series, and you will, we'll get into the Cincinnati one in just a moment, but winning series is what you have to do to get yourself in this race, to stay in this race and have a chance here down the stretch. We win every series the rest of the year, Tom. We'll be world champions, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you that. Um, so, yeah, we just win the series. We'd love to win 10 in a row. No, no doubt about that. But, um, you know, we win series. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll celebrate the very end of this thing. Did you like your team's response in Cincinnati, uh, getting after it after uh, Pittsburgh was able to get a couple against you? I did. Yeah, I did. Thought we played good baseball in Pittsburgh at two bad half innings, and, you know, we got – um, you know, made us pay, but played really good baseball in Cincinnati, won a series, and, um, you know, went in there and played really, really good baseball again. And then to circle back to Friday, so you finish with Cincinnati winning two out of three, splitting that doubleheader on Wednesday, day off Thursday, catch your breath and get after it on a road series. Just so people know, I mean, it's 
it's a long season and travel is what it is and you get to the ballpark there's nobody's feeling sorry for you but it is a that had to have been a welcome Thursday to kind of catch your breath and then here you are Friday Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina you mentioned it right out of the gate I mean to think about that uh, 300 starts and even beyond that their best well their most memorable moment together is when Wayno was a closer. I mean, the you know the the moment, the picture moment of him freezing Beltron in 2006, and then to think that they started together 300 times is like unthinkable to me. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, it's um, there's so many different things about it that are good and. Um, the longevity component individually that allows them to collectively uh, be able to execute that. Um, and then the fact that, you know, not only the longevity, but the consistency of, of, you know, having good performance, you know, I mean, those guys have been good players for us for a long time. And um, it's just an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And they're, they're still going. Still going and still going strong. I had some people ask me, don't you think Wainwright should be in the Cy Young conversation? I'm not a Cy Young voter, so I, I don't have a say in this. He's 14 and seven with a 2.91. You're his manager, and certainly you're looking at at getting wins here. But I, I'll say this: he's as valuable a player. He's not going to win the MVP, but he's as valuable a player as anybody in the National League, based on what he's done for you. There is no question about that. Um, yeah, does he deserve consideration for for any and all that? Absolutely, for us. Um, you know, I thought he was our MVP last year. Um, Goldie, you know, a good case for them, the position player side. But this year, um, I, you know, with the, I mean, listen, we've had one consistent person in our rotation um, all year, and, you know, as far as physically being there every time out. And that's been, been Wayno. And, um, you know, he's been outside of, of Jack. He's been the most consistent part of the guys that are have pitched in the rotation. So it's a huge part of the club that's starting pitching, and he's been able to be the guy for us um, at every turn. And he's just um, he's a marvel. He really is. And Yadier Molina behind the plate. They, you've said this before. They really just share a brain. I mean, that it, there's mm-hmm. it, it has to be so rewarding for Yadi too, as much of a competitor as he is. And to have somebody out there hitting every spot, 99.9% of every spot that you call. I mean, that has to be, uh, I get chills thinking about what that's like as a catcher to be able to see your friend and your teammate do that. Yeah. I mean, better, you know, he'd be able to better capture how it means, but I can, we can both, um, confidently speculate that, that it's, it's, you know, no one yachty look, he's like you say, he's an Uber competitor, um, and he wants somebody out there that A is going to compete to his level and B is going to execute what he's wanting to do. And, and of course, Wayno can check both those boxes, and that's part of their synergy for sure. It's a great combination. It's something to watch. We've talked so much about them, but it is it never ceases to amaze what they do. And they did it again on Friday at a tough place, Milwaukee, the division leader in the National League Central, beating the Brewers in that game 15-4, to and Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright having some game once again. Uh, we'll get, in, get into some of your players here and talk a little bit more about your team and let you go here in just a little bit. We'll take a quick break. Mike Schilt on his radio show, the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. 
We have a Cardinals game at 110 today in Milwaukee. We'll update the wild card standings for you and then get ready for this game with Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager. I'm Tom Ackerman. Back in a moment on KMOX. Welcome back to the Mike Schilt Show, sponsored by Bath Fitter. It just fits your life, your style, your schedule. On your voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. The 2-2 pitch. Arnado swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep left field. Back to the track. The wall. It's long gone. A two-run homer for Arnado. And the Cardinals get on the board with two outs in the first inning. And that ball's hit hard to left center field. That's deep. That's back to the track. And that's gone. Big fly, Nolan Arenado for the second time here tonight. And it's 5-0 Cardinals. That was the line drive variety. Yeah, that was home run number 29 for Nolan. Yeah, he can hit him on a line drive on a rope. He can hit him out of the ballpark. He is Nolan Arenado. Welcome back to the Mike Schultz Show with the Cardinals manager. I'm Tom Ackerman. Mike Nolan's next home run will be his 30th of the season. He's looking to become only the fourth Cardinals primary third baseman with a 30 homer season and the first since Scott Rowland in 2004 when Scott hit 34. Also, he'd be the first major leaguer with six 30 homer seasons since 2015. Just a remarkable power hitter. It's almost like, and you just can't take that for granted, but you can count on Nolan Arenado hitting 30 bombs in a season. That's amazing. Yeah, no, that's a that's great. I mean, you know, that's a quite an accomplishment. Looking forward to it. Hopefully, it can happen today. But um, yeah, this guy's a really good player, obviously, and been a big big part of our um, success that we have had this year. And um, he's also, you know, we need him to get that 100 RBI mark, which will be the first time since Matt Holiday did it since 2012. So he's a good player and um, a, a nice staple to our lineup for sure. Arenado with 29 home runs and 88 RBIs. Something that stays with me about him, and I've had a chance to chat with him a few times, and he came on the Garage Happy Hour and was awesome. We talked a lot about hitting, even though you know he's known for his great fielding. And there was a Zoom with the media early in the year, and someone asked him a question, and he kind of was gazing off into the distance and lost his train of thought and looked at the camera. He goes, I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? I, I was thinking about hitting. I thought that was so awesome. Like he just, he is so into the game and he was prepping in his mind that he just was thinking about hitting. And that's what these guys do constantly. Yeah. That's his livelihood. You know, that's how these guys uh, earn their money and contribute to the club. And uh, they're, they're, uh, you know, no one's a guy that is uh, a baseball. I mean, he loves it. He he sleeps, breathes it, studies it, but once less likes to play it. Um, so, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. It's a good story. Yeah, I love that. Here's the other thing about what's going on with your club. He's hit seven first-inning home runs. You've done it now in the first inning five times on this road trip. So, Arenado's done it twice. Goldschmidt has done it twice. Edmund hit a first-inning home run. Goldschmidt has been on fire. He actually ranks third in Major League in the National League uh, with eight first-inning home runs. And Arenado's tied for fourth with seven. What I, I don't know what's behind that, except that uh, you get some early thunder. It's always nice to have. Yeah, I want to start up and jump with that lead. It always helps, you know, play from the front. Um, and those guys are ready. It speaks to their preparation, uh, the crew's preparation, ready uh, ready on go early on. And 
Um, they've been putting some good swings on the baseball, and again, it's always good to jump out to that early early lead. Goldschmidt with 24 home runs and 82 RBIs. I also wanted to play you this. So this was after Arenado hit that second home run that you heard. That was in the third inning on Friday against the Brewers. You put two more on base for Harrison. Swing and a high fly ball to left field. Backing up is Yelich to the track. He looks up, and that one's gone. Harrison Bader has just hit a three-run home run, and the Cardinals add three more to their lead. It's now 8-0 Cardinals as they bat in the third inning. Harrison Bader, he has 11 home runs on the season, has that good power, and it was nice to see him connect. Just how has his offensive season gone from your standpoint, Mike? Um, It's up and down. You know, he had a really, really, really good July. And, um, you know, obviously was um, for those that, have paid attention from day one, which is pretty much everybody listening, and I'm sure is, um, you know, but I think back because it's, uh, you know, we're now in September, and sometimes you forget about the early parts of the year where Harrison, um, you know, would insert the season with us and then had another setback and then went out with, with some ribs. So um, on the ball in, in Chicago. Um, so he first half of the season just wasn't with us a lot consistently. And then um, came back and was really, really good in July and um, started to chase a little bit more in August. And um, But, no, he's, uh, you know, last several games he's been, been better. But through at Homer, he had some big hits in Cincinnati. Um, and he had three two-strike hits the other day, including that through run Homer. So, uh, you know, Harrison's been better more consistently lately. And, of course, he's played the amazing, amazing defense. Oh, he has. He just throws his body around out there, too. The guy has no fear, and he's made some tremendous plays. That has to be so much fun for the pitchers <laughs> to see him diving around like that, making plays, Mike. Yeah, they got to know that, you know, I mean, look, those guys are out there. They want the outs, and, you know, we want to turn the outs that they earn into outs. We don't want to give up any easy ones, um, which we do a good job of that. And then that, I think they also appreciate the fact that um, this defense, including Harrison for sure, who's one of the best defensive players in baseball just by the eye test and then the, the analytics. But, um, you know, they always appreciate when you steal a steal an out for them or two. Absolutely. You've got Tyler O'Neill in left today, Bader in center, and Dur- Dylan Carlson in right batting third. I was asked by a listener about Tommy Edmond as to – and this is not a knock on anybody. It's just a question from a fan, and and they asked me why does Tommy Edmond bat leadoff when his on base percentage is three fifteen. I said because at the time I said because in the last fifteen games his on base percentage is four twenty five. Uh, that's that's a number. Yeah, a good that, answer. I mean that's that's the thing. I mean Dylan was leading off and doing a great job, and Tommy was hitting down the order, and then Dylan um, unfortunately had a little setback and. Um, Missed some time with the with some tightness in his in his in his uh, or some issue in his wrist, and Eddie went back to lead off and got National League Player of the Week, so he stays at lead off. And he was leading off earlier in the season and leading the league in hits. Um, and when Tommy didn't quite get on base as much and perform as well as here we would like, he hit lower in the lineup. So appreciate the question. But that's the one thing about numbers, you know, if you if you looked at them. Um, collectively all the time and didn't appreciate what guys are currently doing, then you would uh, do a disservice in a couple of different ways. You do have to look at trends. Yeah, you have to look at trends for sure. Uh, your shortstop lately has been Edmundo Sosa, and he's earned that, hasn't he? I mean, he's he's played well for you. 
He has, you know. I mean, that was another one that you look at trends and um, so that, you know, you look at both of them, you, you know, I, I get our information internally about what we're doing at every turn and um, evaluate everything cumulatively and then I look at it in a, what we feel like it's a, at the sweet spot of it in a two-week period and um, not to overreact or underreact and, and um, you know, I'll answer your question, but, but um, Sosa's played played very well, um, you know, but the thing with Paulie that, you know, he had a great um, July and, and um, you know, but then August came and Sosa played well and gave Sosa a little more opportunity and he's really run with it. And um, so I don't want to alibi that Paulie hadn't played well also more recently and swung the bat more recently, uh, but Sosa's been so good that it's hard to keep him out of the lineup and, and both of them have been very, very good. And are one of the both individual or two of the more higher rated defensive shortstops in the league. So, um, so he's done a great job for us. Yeah, you've always spoken highly of Paul's ability in the field as well as how he can get hot at the plate. And Edmundo Sosa has been good. You've got a couple of good ones to choose from there. And Sosa uh, gets the call again today. We mentioned John Lester and we talked about him a little bit. Let's discuss your bullpen and kind of go back to that move. The discussion on Monday with Alex Reyes and then the decision to go with a different closer doesn't mean that you've assigned one person, although Giovanni Gallegos had that opportunity. Others get those opportunities too. Yeah, depending on freshman, I mean, Gio's nailed down two saves. I mean, if you, I think part of the question was going back to the decision mm-hmm. about with Alex. Yes, uh, just that discussion okay. and, and, and decision, and ultimately what led to that, Mike? Well, I mean, you know, listen, it's a super hard discussion. Um, you know, it's hard to argue against a guy that goes 24 for 24 um, in such a major league record and then has a hiccup or two and then – you know, you, you give him grace for it. Um, and, you know, pitched well. And then, you know, a couple of outings that, that didn't go his way. And, um, you know, the most recent in Pittsburgh, um, you know, three to one lead. And, you know, Reynolds puts a tough at bat on him, gets a walk, and he, he punches out Moran. And he, and he um, you know, Stallings worked a walk as well. And so he put himself in harm's way, you know, and, uh, Made a pitch to Satugo that that um, you know got a lot of middle right in his his wheelhouse, and he he did what hitters a lot of times do with mistakes they hit, hit make you pay for them. And so anyway, it was a tough one, you know. And um, so it just felt like at that point um, we were asking we needed to take a reset with with Alex a little bit and spoke with him, and you know it it uh, tough conversation. That's part of the gig, tougher for Alex. So you know you're empathetic to that and. Um, but you also, and he understood, you know, his competitive spirit and, you know, the loyalty of what he'd done the first half is there, but the, you know, need for a little bit of different look and a reset for him was important. He understood both. And so we're got him in a different role and geo has been good. Those a lot of strikes, good to righties, good to lefties and been in the big moments the last several years, including the playoffs. And so he's got the opportunity the last couple of times has been there and has been two for two and, um, you know, if he gets overworked and we have some other guys can maybe fire in there and, and get it done too. But, um, you know, that's how it all unfolded. That's right. Uh, you, I like what you say about Geo. I think you said uh, slow heartbeat or something like that. Mm-hmm. I love that yeah. term. Yeah, just, you know, don't make it bigger than it is. Notice it early on. Um, this is a guy that um, has grown into the role from, um, 
you know, a, a extra piece in a trade that, that um, Cantley, I don't think anybody had any expectation that he would turn out to be this consistently good at the big leagues. And um, But we evaluated it, and he, to his credit, he's, he started out pitching in that sixth, seventh inning, lower leverage, down a little bit, and then he got the chance to pitch in those situations, you know, with the tide or with the lead, and he's worked his way the eighth, you know, eighth inning kind of guy, and um, now he's, but all that's based on a couple of things. Yeah, obviously, he's got the stuff. He's got two plus pitches, good fastball, and a plus slider. Um, and then he's also been able to just um, just go pitch and throw strikes and you know, let your defense work. And you really can't ask for too much more than that. Yeah, there are some pitchers I just love watching, and he is absolutely one of those. But I love watching Alex too. And I mentioned to Mike Shannon on Monday. Before you made the decision, I said, you know, it's possible that uh, that something could happen here, Mike, but I just wanted to talk specifically about what happened Sunday. And I said, you know, Alex Reyes has said before, the thing that makes the challenge, the, the closing position so challenging and such a, a great challenge is that the hitters you're facing have nothing to lose. You know, they're in it to win it in the bottom of the ninth. And he said, well, he didn't really get beat as much by the home run as he did walking two batters. And so once again, Mike Shannon, the voice of the Cardinals corrects me there and makes the walks hurt. So, but, but I look back here and I see uh, Mike in his last two outings, Alex hasn't walked anybody. That's progress. That's right. That's progress. And, you know, we got to remember this guy still uh, hasn't had many in. He had 29, you know, last year, that's three, three years old. What he was, I mean, look, we, we're not in a position we are now, Tom, and I got to get going, buddy, but, yeah, yeah. um, if if Alex Reyes wasn't and our bullpen wasn't as, as spot on, um, I know we've had some hiccups in the second half, but we've virtually had zero hiccups in the first half. Um, and you know the hiccups are going to just happen. I know it, it stings like heck when you when it happens at the end of a game that you got a lead on and you're scratching a corn for every win. But you know the fact of the matter is he's been fantastic and had a few hiccups and. Um, you know, he got him in a different role and now he can, you know, reset a little bit and, and go pitch and get some innings under his belt and, and kind of go from there. Absolutely. And as we always wrap, and that was my last question, so we timed it perfectly. Uh, the, the Dolan memory care homes, memorable play of the week, Mike. I, I can't say it's one. I mean, look, it's been a pretty darn good week on a, on a long road trip. Um, guys have played really well, good, consistent baseball, um, but you got to somehow memorialize the Yachty Wayno. There's a lot of moments there. Yachty's grand slam. Wayno's base hit to drive in Yachty. Obviously, the body of work, the six shutout innings, getting into the seventh for Wayno. So I'm not sure if there's one, but you know we need to capture that one at least. That's from my opinion. I agree with you, and I'm going to let you go and let the unless you want to hang on and hear this call and let our listeners hear the call. But here it is. I'm going to choose the grand slam because it just sort of encapsulates everything. And and I know that Wayno had a huge smile on his face as Yachty's circling the bases. Mike, we appreciate you so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Don. I'm blessed. I appreciate you, sir. Here it is. The bases are loaded. Obi Milner, a left-hander, deals, and Yachty. It's a high fly ball, left center field. Back to the track at the wall. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. Molina hit the ball over the wall. Kane and Reyes couldn't come up with it. The ball ends up in the bullpen of the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Cardinals tack on. A grand slam with two outs in the ninth inning. The Redbirds have scored 16 runs tonight. Or excuse me, they have scored 14 runs tonight with Yadier Molina crossing the plate. 14 to 2.
Wow, what a hit that was. The Dolan Memory Care Homes Memorable Play of the Week, sponsored by Dolan Memory Care Homes. If you have a loved one with dementia that needs a safe place to live, contact Dolan Memory Care Homes, where they have no more than 11 residents per household. Visit dolancare.com. We appreciate Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. I'm Tom Ackerman. We'll run through the day in college football coming up next on The Voice of the Cardinals, KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. What a day it was in college football. We have about four minutes, James, to run through the day in college football. Let's start with Mizzou, a win over Central Michigan, 34-24. Good day for Tyler Beatty. He accounted for two touchdowns. He had a monster day rushing the football. 25 carries for 203 yards for Tyler Beatty. As Connor Bazelak, you know, I didn't mention him earlier, but he's good too. Uh, Bazelak threw for 256 yards. He had two touchdown passes. He was 22 of 35. That's not bad. I mean, the Tigers were a little slow, a little sloppy coming out, uh, but they finished it. Uh, They didn't put the game away until late in the fourth quarter, but they won the game 34-24 over uh, always a tough Central Michigan team. I always feel like the Chippewas kind of stunned some people here and there, so it's good to get a win under your belt. It's going to get real now because you go to Kentucky to play next week, and they're always tough. It should be interesting to see what Missouri does. Uh, Illinois lost its game to UTSA, and that was not that much of a shocker. I mean, <laughs> Illinois lost 37-30. They're not a powerhouse. They did beat Nebraska, a struggling team the week before, but you can't overlook anybody. There was a lot of question as to whether this could be a trap game for them. It's surprising that they lose it, but they do lose it 37-30. They need to be better, but they're getting... Started under Brett Bielema, and I do think Illinois is going to be better. Uh, I am disappointed in Indiana losing at Iowa 34-6 to only because I'm an alum, uh, but Iowa's good. I mean, what are you going to do? So my daughter was asking me, what now, my 10-year-old? And I said, well, Indiana's got to get after it here. they got to play Idaho at home next week. Then you got to handle number 8 Cincinnati at home and get yourself back in the picture. You've got some opportunities to climb. Penn State's going to be highly ranked after beating Wisconsin 16 to 10. You got them on the schedule. You got Ohio State on the schedule. They have to come through Bloomington. So there's still a chance for a team like that uh, in the Big Ten. Ohio State won on Thursday, beating Minnesota by two touchdowns. Uh, The Big Ten is interesting. I think that Iowa, though, has a real chance in the West. And that's the other thing I told her. I said, now you root for Iowa. You root for Iowa to be great every single week and go undefeated until they play in the Big Ten Championship against Indiana. Uh, So elsewhere in college football, top-ranked Alabama lost several All-Americans, but they always reload, don't they? Nick Saban has replaced them all quite nicely. They dismantled Miami 44-13, no problem there. Bryce Young, who replaced Mac Jones, 27 of 38 for 344 yards. He burned them with some touchdowns, no doubt about that. Second-ranked Oklahoma barely avoided a shocking upset by Tulane, 40-35. to This was a game that was moved from New Orleans to Norman because of Hurricane Ida, and those Oklahoma fans were so classy, uh, applauding and, and cheering on Tulane as they were taking the field in the end. 
And I'm sure they applauded him when they left the field because they were feeling good about a fact that they escaped with a win 40 to 35 over Tulane. Some other games of note. How about number five, Georgia beating number three, Clemson. Clemson didn't score until 9.08 left in the game. They lost the game 10 to three. Just a tremendous performance defensively by Georgia holding the Tigers to two yards rushing and recording seven sacks. Just unbelievable what Kirby Smart did yesterday for Georgia beating Clemson. Number six, Texas A&M won pretty easily over Kent State, 41 to 10. Number seven, Iowa State did not win easily. They had to knock off Northern Iowa 16 to 10, intercepting a ball with 205 left in the fourth quarter. Elsewhere in the top 10, uh, you've got number eight, Cincinnati. I mentioned them earlier, beating Miami of Ohio 49-14. And number nine, Notre Dame plays tonight. They play at Florida State. That'll be a nice visual to see everybody back in the seats there with Notre Dame and those gleaming helmets. Uh, But Notre Dame's a lot better than that team. I mean, they should handle their business down there, I would think. We'll have much more on sports on a Sunday morning after the news. We'll get into some golf. The Ascension Charity Classic and Norwood Hills Country Club, a roundtable with Jay Williamson and Jay Delsing is next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.